We are back, Austin. I gotta ask you before we get into you being GM, man. How many times? How many times is the over under on one or two? How many times you ever did you finally YouTube the pumps and a bump video with uh, MC Hammer? <laughs> uh, I did it once just to say I did because yeah, I had yeah, homework, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's where it stopped that one time. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I think I think once you see uh, MC Hammer and his. Uh, uh, leopard print uh, bikini draws. I think that probably <laughs> turns it out to, to uh, YouTube. Plus, it's a grainy video. But like I said, before we're going into break, <laughs> Austin, I wanted to ask you about the Chicago Bears. You know, the rumor is, you know, which will change four or five times. I think that a couple weeks ago, they were talking about trading Justin Fields and drafting Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Now the report came out from Adam Schefter that the Bears are open for business. And uh, whoever wants the number one pick, they're going to have to obviously pay handsomely for it. If you were the GM of the Chicago Bears, one of the most storied franchises in NFL history, with a quarterback that was uh, single-handedly keeping you uh, in the game, Justin Fields, you spent a, a top 12 pick on him. What would you do? Would you trade the pick and try to accumulate more picks, or would you uh, keep it and, uh, you know, go from there? What would you do? What I would do is then, I would I would have everything done with Houston, have it uh, right up there uh, till about 15 minutes before the draft starts, make sure you get a lot for it, you know, pump the offer up. And then what I would do would be, Pull the chair out from under him. Hand that first overall pick over to Indianapolis for the the, the small price of a 2024 oh. seventh round pick because everyone knows the yeah. NFL is better when the Indianapolis Colts are atop the AFC oh. South and in the playoffs. So, so that's what I would so you, do if I was the Bears GM. Yeah, you know what, Austin? You know what they call that, man? I'm just good business. You know. you know what they call that? And I don't you know. They would call that insider trading. Yeah, they would. <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they would call that insider trading. You'd be working for, you'd be like, like uh, yeah, be Martha Enron. Stewart is so, who uh, I would be. Yeah, yeah, you'd be everybody, man, and uh, so yeah, anybody that's served some times, you know, that uh, you'd be guilty of it. You'd be, you'd, I would have a, you'd be like the, you'd be all, you know, who you would be, you'd be like almost that, like the guy that uh, when the Cubs were in the playoffs, and and he, he reached over and oh, uh, Bartman, yeah, and I uh, got. Yeah, yeah, Bartman. Yeah. Between you guys would be fighting for who would be the most hated man in Chicago. So go right ahead and you do that and see how well it worked out for you. Yeah, and, uh, it wouldn't but, work you know, out. Seriously, though, what I would do you know, is I would, I would, uh, I mean, Indianapolis has quite a few, you know, good picks in this draft. They're number four. You can still get someone good if you trade back that far. Houston might be the best offer because they're picking number two. You can slide back one spot. Right. But if you can also pick up, Houston's uh, number 12 overall pick that they got from Cleveland, 
that could go away too to give yourself, you know, two bites at the right. apple that high up. I think Houston can offer them, you know, the best the best package for this year, um, depending on how the Bears have their their board for this year's draft versus guys are looking at for next year. Yeah, I mean, for them, for for the Bears, if they feel, you know, they they should feel very very comfortable with Justin Fields. If you do get the if you get if you get the two and twelve from Houston, you can think you can get Carter, the defensive tackle, mm-hmm. you know, known as the you know the he's the, he's the top pick, and you could do a lot of things with that twelve. You could, if you know, if you wanted to get a you know, uh, you could get the best offensive lineman. So it might be uh, the big tackle from uh, Northwestern, Skaronsky. Yep. You could get him. Yeah, you could get him. Probably might be there at twelve. So now you're getting the bookend left tackle. Uh, the transcend, uh, transcendent uh, defensive tackle and, and, and Carter. Um, and you're right, you know, you're right there moving. And then if you could pick up possibly like a second round pick, you could probably get a pretty darn good receiver mm-hmm. and maybe one of the tight ends slip. Maybe you could get the tight end uh, from South Dakota State. And um, I forget his last name, but he's, he's the fifth ranked tight end. So you might be able to get him. You might be able to get Washington if he slips into the early second round, let alone with all the picks that you have. And so, the only hangup I see is if Houston's willing to give up a two and a twelve to go up one slot. Right. That's the only thing. Would you would they give up the number two and maybe, you know, their first round pick for next year mm-hmm. and then maybe a high second round pick? Because I'm sure they're gonna want to keep a first round pick to go along with that first pick just because they are trying to do the same thing that the Bears are trying to do is get high quality. Uh, first round draft choices with a ton of cap space. At least I'm speaking for the Houston Texans with a ton of cap space and a lot of, a lot of ability to move and a lot of holes to fill. And plus, let's not forget, first year D'Amico, first year coach D'Amico Ryan's mm-hmm. wants to have his his quarterback. So I'm sure there's a bit there's if there's a better way to show not only the fans and the coach that you're serious is make sure that he has the quarterback of his choice in this first year, especially if he feels very strongly about a cj stroud or a uh bryce young because if he feels comfortable or if you're talking Mm -hmm. if i'm talking about um uh d'amico ryan's and the powers that be say about a cj stroud or say like a will levis right Mm -hmm. you can actually still pick number two and get your will anderson get your you know jalen carter get whoever you want number two and find a way to move up you know, from that 12 spot to get in there to get a quarterback mm-hmm. and that, you know, you're knocking two birds out of one stone. So it's not a foregone conclusion, like I said, for the Bears to be able to negotiate from a super strong point because it's not that big a leap up. Now, if Houston was going from the 12 to the one without the two, then you could ask for a King King's ransom. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if it's somebody like to say, like your Colts, that once Bryce Young, they're 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 projected, you know, in every projection has always been CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud. Let now let's just think the new the, the coach and the GM, you know what? We want Bryce Young and we will do whatever it takes with Jim Ursay. Then I think, you know, when Chicago does call your Colts, they are asking for a King's ransom. And I think it would include one of those all-star players on defense. Let's not forget that. They or one of those highly paid offensive linemen that underproduced this year. Because here's where the advantage is not only for the Bears. Bears have salary cap space. They get mm-hmm. a they get a veteran player, a well established player. But then also, the Colts get to create more cap space. All the while they're losing a the draft choice because you got to kind of 
I would think, okay, we're going to lose a draft choice. So we're going to need some cap space to go and get a veteran or possibly some or two veterans to uh, possibly make up for that draft choice. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm sure the talks have been going on before they get on the planes to head out to Indianapolis, but I think they really heat up, you know, on those late night talks over coffee. Right. Austin. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. I don't think any executives drink any alcoholic beverages and while they're trying <laughs> to make some decisions uh, and go from there. So it'd be interesting to see how this goes and where they go with it. I'll add this. It's going to shape about four or five franchises here uh, in the near future with this draft. Right. I'll add this too. There's not a wrong time to pick a franchise quarterback. It's hard to give up too much yeah. for an all pro quarterback, not just all star quarterback, but in terms of all pro for a second, third team, right. the chiefs are making that Patrick Mahomes trade 11 times out of 10. The bills are taking Josh yep. Allen where they did 11 times yeah. out of 10, even Joe Burrow, you know, going first overall, the Bengals are right. making that pick every time. So there's not a bad time, not a bad place to pick a franchise guy. But you do have to be careful. You have to be 100% sold on a guy and 100% committed to the guy that you choose in that spot. Because if you're going to you know, go for it, to trade up and go get a guy that you think can be a franchise quarterback, you, you can't one-cheek it. you got to go all in on him and yeah. you know, keep enough capital to right. support him, but make sure you make a good enough offer so you can go get your guy. So if it does take, you know, for Houston's example – if it does take two and twelve mm. to move up to number one to take Stroud or Young, if that's their guy, yeah. and they turn into then an you all pro, go do it. you have to. You can't not do it. You yeah. can't afford to yeah. wait around. But if you know they turn out to be fine, you know fifteenth, sixteenth in the league type of guy, occasional right. Pro Bowl appearances, probably not right. worth it because you could have used one of those picks to you know surround him with another piece. So you got to be a little careful, yeah. but you also yeah, have you to be aggressive when the time's right. Yeah, you definitely don't trade up, you know, you know, give away a two and a 12 to draft Brandon Whedon or right. a uh, right. Christian Ponder or somebody like that. And like you're, you're completely right. You know, the, the, there is the, the every time if you feel he's a franchise quarterback, you got to go all in on him. But then it's a there's also a caveat to it. You go all in on drafting him. Then you got to go all in on surrounding him yes. with the pieces to make him a franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to ask you this. And we got about three minutes. Out of the quarterbacks, right? Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson. In your guesstimation of those four, who are franchise quarterbacks? And or who would you take, I guess, the, who would you think they're franchise quarterbacks out of those four? Stroud and Young I feel really good about. Stroud has right. the big arm but also has the touch, really good ball placement. Right. Um if he can learn to process just a little bit faster, I mean, he's running some NFL concepts, but he also has the best guys on the field to throw to at Ohio State. So that makes his life right. easier, but he's still got the ball to him. He has the size to do it. So I think Stroud's there. Bryce Young is, you know, a little more pocket Hercules-esque. Smaller, obviously, but I think he's, you know, a good fit for the modern NFL with how he can move, with how creative he can be while still being an adequate pocket passing quarterback. Um, and, and playing at Alabama, you get that education. You know how to run a team. And again, you have those weapons. Levis and Richardson right. are lottery tickets. They could be good. I You can talk me into both of them. But given that I'm a Colts fan, given they're picking there, and one of at least one of those four quarterbacks will be available to them at four, I don't know if I trust either one of those guys enough to say, 
yeah, I'm going all in on it. Maybe they have it in them physically. Maybe yeah. they have it in them mentally. Just didn't see it as consistently from Levis and Richardson as we did from Stroud and Young. So I think Stroud and Young can thrive in more systems than Levis and Richardson can. I think right. those last two guys will have to be catered to yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, I think the ultimate wild card is Richardson. You know, mm-hmm. I was listening and, and reading some reports where there's, you know, there's a handful of teams, obviously, you know, view him as a first-round pick and some view him as he could be a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then you got Will Levis, who I think he had a really good year, obviously, throwing to Wondell Robinson and had a couple of NFL offensive linemen and a running back. And then, of course, he looked a lot better. And then this year those guys are gone. And it just so happens to be just part of, you know, when you don't have the, you know, the people around you. I'm not so sure he's anything more than Kenny Pickett. Sure. I'm really not. Yeah. I know they tried to compare him to Josh Josh Allen. <laughs> There's one Josh Allen, and he's an alien. Just because he's 6'5", and for whatever reason, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. He, <laughs> just for that alone, I'm, you're not a franchise nope. quarterback, right? But I, here, here's what I think. I think T.J. Stroud has the better arm, um, mm-hmm. has really good touch. Um, like, you're right. I think he does – he's probably ran – well, he's, well, Bill O'Brien was there, so they, you know he's, he's run some NFL concepts. Um, I think he has sneaky running ability, even you know because, but he hasn't had to. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can kind of beat you with those, you know, third and sixes and stuff like that. But I think that with Bryce Young, he has that it factor, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at Alabama's talent pool around him, it's not what it's used to, what, what you're used to seeing at Alabama from the receiving stand, receiver standpoint. Running back standpoint, the offensive line is young and wasn't very dominant this year. But C.J. Stroud always was able to keep them in the game and make big-time throws, big-time plays, you know, off-kilter, off, off off-balance. And I think that's what's really appealing and his leadership skills, right? And mm-hmm. here's what else goes a little bit farther. He played in his bowl game, him and Will Anderson. Yep. It was a football game to play. Don't think that they aren't calling the calling down to Nick Saban and asking uh, him what makes you know Bryce Young tick and and he lead a franchise right. The last two quarterbacks that played for Nick Saban right, Tua and obviously Jalen Hurts, signed off by him leadership, and both of them are playing really well. Obviously, Tua's got a little bit of injury history, but Nick Saban is thought of as as, as far as leadership qualities, uh, somebody you go to. So. You know, I think it's really uh, going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend or if anything comes out um, out of the, the combine, but uh, we'll see. And uh, that was a, that was a good segment there, man. It's awesome that, uh, you know, the first part of your GM uh, tenure was probably going to be as short as possible, <laughs> but the second part was very, very good. Uh, I'm proud that you made a comeback there, Austin. So we're going to go to break, and then we're going to have a short segment <laughs> uh, before we get into – some uh yes mac jones andrew my bad so before we get into the last little quick segment we're going to talk a little high school basketball is do or die brooklyn new york tip off is about to be at some places in 13 minutes sphincter muscles are tight but ours are wide open and ready to go jay foreman and austin we'll be right back 